Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! So this week is going to sound a bit different, uh, mostly because I'm not at home and I'm recording on to my phone via the voice memo. I just didn't bring anything with me. You know, I could have I could have easily brought my uh, mobile gear, but I just didn't. Um, I'm excited about this week because I've got Jerry Blake. And Jerry Blake is one of those people, again, that has been there, done that, been around for a while, and is now retired, contest managing, doing all that stuff to stay really active, uh, and has a pretty solid head on her shoulders, as you're going to hear in this interview. And I got to meet Jerry, I believe she uh, contest managed me uh, a long time ago, but I just don't remember when. It was before I became a contest manager, and I remember she was one of the people that sort of um, inspired me to do it. it. I just, I really liked the way she ran a contest. I enjoyed uh, her interaction with the students. It wasn't, um, you know, similar to like a Jay Thomas. Uh, it wasn't, it, it wasn't militaristic. It was, we're there for, literally we're there for the kids and we're there to help make the experience a positive one for students, make it uh, as stress-free as possible for the teachers and all that stuff. And Jerry uh, was definitely one of those contest managers, along with Jay, uh, that made me understand that it's okay to, I don't want to say not follow the rules, but there are some guidelines for contest managers through TTAO that make it uh, sort of scary sounding. Um, and I don't think that's the intention. I think it's just a kind of a CYA, but it makes it, you know, from the outside, if, you're, if you've never seen a contest manager before and you see these guidelines from TTAO, you would think it's like super rigid and uh, you, you got to run it, uh, the contest a certain way. And that's just not the case. Uh, there are definitely some things you obviously have to stick to. Um, and we don't need to go into that. That's a whole conversation, but, uh, but, but Jerry and Jay, uh, Jerry being the first one were the ones that kind of allowed me permission just, uh, in my mind to, if you're going to be a contest manager, um, you can, you can, you know, be a little relaxed and make sure that the kids are, uh, not, not freaking out so bad that, that their show suffers, you know, um, cause I think that's kind of the fear a lot of the times. So, uh, make all the jokes you want, but I'm sitting in, uh, my mother-in-law's house in the guest bedroom closet to try to get the best sound. And, uh, there's a fan going outside the door that you're probably going to be able to hear. I don't know, maybe not, but, uh, so again, I apologize for the sound quality, but, um, I am in commerce uh, currently sitting in Roy City, but uh, I'm in Commerce, Texas this past week. I've been in Commerce, Texas this past week, and I'll be here for one more week for Lion Theater Camp, and uh, I've had a good time. Um, I would love to tell you that that's been my experience the entire time at Commerce, uh, but this camp has been a, an absolute blast, and I've actually really, really enjoyed doing uh, what I've been doing, which is uh, set design and scene shop person, uh, scene shop foreman, building everything with a, a, a student, a current student. He's, I think, like a fifth-year senior, so he's not um, he's not young by any means uh, when it comes to us, uh, being a student. He's not a middle schooler or anything, but uh, and so we've knocked out a lot. Uh, within a week, we've built everything we really need to build, and excuse me, <coughs> I don't have a cough button like I do at home, <coughs> uh, but uh, we've, we've built a whole slew of stuff uh, for two different shows and, uh, a 12th night that takes place on a beach. And then a, a show that was written by the director who's directing it, uh, which is completely unheard of in Texas. Am I right? Um, just kidding. That's tongue in cheek, but, uh, and, and her show's a little more, uh, realistic in that, uh, it's, it's modern and, you know, tables and chairs and things like that, but, uh, had to build a table today, uh, we did use some UIL scenery that we painted so that it doesn't look like UIL scenery. Um, but it's been a whole lot of fun. And I've got to credit uh, Stephen Bogard, who I worked with at the John Cooper School and is easily, easily the best carpenter I have 
ever either gotten to work with or just witness uh, his work. I mean, he is without a doubt the best carpenter probably in America. I mean, like, I mean, he's just, it's phenomenal work that he does, but I digress. Uh, he taught me a lot while I was at Cooper because I don't fancy myself a master carpenter by any means. Can I, can I do things? Can I build things? Can I come up with stuff? Yes, but I'm now better because of Stephen Bogart. I'm better for it because of him. And so, um, he's not going to listen to this, but, uh, Stephen, if you just by chance happen to listen, thanks. And I'll probably send you a text saying just the same. So, cause, uh, you know, personal interaction is a, a, a dying art. Um, but that's about it. That's about all I got this week. Um, this is going to be the last episode for a while. Uh, I don't have anything in the can quite yet. Uh, I am working on kind of a different uh, format a little bit. I'm having some ideas. This isn't uh, by any means the end of the podcast, but I'm going to take a little bit of a podcast sabbatical, podbatical or sabbatopost. No, 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 sabbaticast. Anyway, um, uh, so, uh, you know, there won't be an episode next week, but enjoy this one from Jerry Blake. It is a good one to listen to, I promise. And uh, everybody have a wonderful week. And some people are going back to school. So have fun with that. All right. Holla back. I uh, started the University of Texas in 1972 is when I graduated. I went to Austin High School and graduated from there. And I started my love for theater back when I was a kid, like a lot of people. Uh, that imagination that you have as a child has stayed with me all my life, and I'm grateful for that. I didn't, uh, we didn't have theater in our elementary school, but we had music, and I loved that, and I loved to sing, and I loved to be in charge, and I loved to make up stories and direct kids what to do. <laughs> And then in junior high, we actually did have a theater program, and that was unusual for that time period. I was at Baker Junior High, and uh, Pete Calhoun was my theater director. It was We went there for 7th, 8th, and ninth grade in that day and time, and I fell in love with theater there. I was in plays. We did a one-act my last year there. That was fun. Um, and then I started high school. And for me, it was very difficult my first year because I went to Baker Junior High and most of the kids, almost all of the kids came from O'Henry that went to Austin High during that time period or UJH. There was a UJH at that time. So I didn't know anybody. And I went from being a big fish in a little pond to a to a minnow in a very scary big pond. Uh, I, I lost a lot of confidence at that time, which was sad, but um, I hit it pretty well, I think. I was uh, a B-team cheerleader there. And I got involved in sports, which I had always been involved in. And so that became one of my focuses, English and sports. I was too uh, lacking in confidence to try out for the theater program because that was just, you know, what if I didn't make it? I just couldn't take that risk. So... I uh, focused on other things and loved it, loved sports, was good at sports. Uh, there was no Title IX. There wasn't a Title IX until the year after I graduated college. So uh, I might have had a chance for a few things if, if there had been that that day and time. However, uh, I went into UT and my mother sat me down and said, uh, I know you love theater, but theater teachers live and die in their jobs in Austin, and you need to focus on being able to make a living. So you need to rely on your talents. And English 
everybody needs an English teacher. Everybody needs a coach. So I uh, double majored in physical, physical and health education and English. And then I got my certification in theater, just in case. So I uh, had a great college experience. I worked nonstop at Texas Nuclear at that time where I met my husband. And I graduated in 72 and got a job. My first teaching job was at Kyle Middle School in Hayes Consolidated. And there I had a variety of classes, which were fun. Um, I taught girls physical education. I taught uh, a, one theater class, one speech class, one health class. And I had an all boys science class. And we did practical science in that class. And then after that year, oh, and I coached basketball and track. So, and I love basketball. I played basketball all my life and tennis all my life. So um, then I went to Pierce Junior High and taught there for three years. And I taught eighth grade English and coached basketball and track. And that was a great experience too. I, I loved it. Uh, there were some rough times during that. Uh, those three years, it was during the busing, and we had a lot of fights on campus, which, you know, was kind of sad and kind of scary. I, I do remember having to wrestle a pair of scissors from a young man trying to stab another young man, and uh, that was kind of scary. But uh, all in all, my teaching experiences have been wonderful, and then I decided to travel with my husband a little bit, and so I did a year of substitute teaching, and then I got bored and wanted to go back, but at that moment, we had the opportunity to buy some land out in the country, right out outside the Austin city limits, but still in the ETJ, and so we decided to build a house. Well... We had never built anything other than a bird feeder and a spice rack, but my husband was, is a nuclear physicist and engineering, and he designed our house. He based it on a home from California that uh, he read a book called The Pole Frame House, and we, with the help of family and friends, we built a house on our own, with our own two hands. And I was so proud of that accomplishment, and so was Ken. And it took us about a year, I guess, to build it. But it took us about 18 months to get moved in. We built a, First, we built a little one-room cabin. So we were on this property out in the middle of nowhere. We were surrounded by bird preserves and uh, Balcones Canyon land. And so I guess at about a year, we got it roofed on the 4th of July. I remember that because we were blistered like crazy. And then we moved in to one bedroom with a window unit to keep us cool. And then we decided, well, let's start a family. So we did. Well, lo and behold, we were still in that cabin when our oldest son was born and that was quite an adventure. Uh, my life there was 40-something years before we moved out here to Lago Vista. So uh, we built the house with, like I said, with family and friends who helped us. And uh, then my husband kind of changed his career a little bit and did a lot of traveling uh, all over the world. And then he set up a company in Holland. And so then we had another child 10 years later. So I stayed home for those 10 years and loved it. Every minute, uh, the wildlife, uh, birds, you know, mountain lion, bobcats, uh, rabbits, 
wild turkeys who would climb in the water fountain that we made for all the birds. And I got to see a lot of amazing acts in nature. And so did my boys. It was a fabulous place to raise two guys. And they loved it out there. Every once in a while, they'd say, well, why can't we have, uh, why can't we move where there's neighbors? And I'd say, so you don't want to build a campfire in the front yard anymore. And you don't want to hike through the woods anymore. And they were like, never mind. So that was, that was my story. In the meantime, my oldest son, as he was growing up, he went into Linda Major at Leander High School into her theater program. I actually met her when he was in kindergarten because I sent him to theater camp and she was hosting it at her school. And I just thought she was amazing. And uh, she was so good with the children. And over the years, uh, we became friends. And when Josh went into high school, her daughter was the same age as Josh. And so they went through her program together at Leander High School. And I became one of her drama mamas and helped, you know, procure costuming, money, you know, with other, with other parents, uh, help paint on sets, things like that. I just loved it. And so I oh, I can't remember what year it was, 90, 95 maybe. I went to, uh, I got a call from Linda Major saying, Jerry, uh, there's going to be an opening for high school physical education, but the principal said it could lead to a theater teaching position. And I was like, I want it. So my husband was in Holland at the time and we talked and I said, I really want to do this. And he said, I really want to retire. So <laughs> he did. And I got the opportunity to go to Leander High School and I had boys PE, girls PE, English, and one theater class. And I just went to school with a smile on my face every day. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all those classes. Uh, boys PE was probably the roughest because I would have to, uh, I was there with another coach, a male coach, and he would take the guys that wanted to just stay, we called them the PE warriors, and they would stay inside in the gym and play basketball or sit in the bleachers. And I would take all the guys that wanted to play soccer outside because I had coached my youngest son's soccer team for four or five years. And I played soccer at UT as well. So anyway, uh, loved that. That was, that was interesting. And then the next year I got two theater classes. And then the third year, it was this kind of the same schedule. I didn't have boys PE anymore or girls PE. And it was hallelujah. I have all English and theater. And it was amazing. And Linda Major, of course, was so supporting. Uh, before I got that job, I had asked her if I could observe her in some of her classes to just to see how she approached it. Because I I, I got my teacher certification through the University of Texas. I went through the education program, but I wanted to see what she did because to me, she worked magic. So, you know, some teachers, they don't want people in observing them, but she was so gracious and so welcoming and just opened her arms and I would go in and sit through a class or two you know, several, once a week, twice a week, something like that, and got some ideas, got some ideas of what kind of a teacher I wanted to be in theater, because that's what I wanted to do eventually. And so when Cedar Park High School opened, the tech director from Leander High School, Kate Seamers, went there, and he left after that first year, and I'd already been hired to work with him uh, by Ron Lefevers, the principal, uh, for the year 2000 or 2001, I think was the second year it was open. And we started with uh, freshmen and sophomores. So the year I was coming in, we had uh, 
sophomores, juniors. And then since he left, Linda called and said, Kate's leaving. You need to go in and, and get the job. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I called and made an appointment with my principal. And I said, hey, I, I, want, I want this job. I want to be the director. And uh, he took a leap of faith and hired me. And the rest is history. I absolutely am so fortunate to have a job that I loved. Um, like I said, I went to school with a smile on my face and taught there for 16 plus years. And then, um, then I decided it was time for me to retire. And after I retired, uh, Linda and I were approached by uh, a former parent of mine who was a business woman, and she wanted to start a theater community theater out in Cedar Park because we don't have anything and people had to drive to Austin. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. So we did. And we started our program at the Veterans Memorial Amphitheater at that park. And we were able to produce, well, I started, I directed Midsummer Night's Dream and Paul Davis, whom I know you know, he designed my set for me. I sent him pictures of the amphitheater and he designed the set for me. And then I had a dad who was fabulous and he created everything for us. And then we, and it was great. It was a big hit. We had so many people by the last night. It was so exciting because we had no idea if anybody would show up. You know, we're putting on a show. Is anybody going to show? And they did. And uh, it was all free. We just took donations and we got enough to uh, pay for royalties for Linda to do a children's musical the next summer. And then I did uh, Stone Soup, the musical, the following summer. And then COVID hit. And that was difficult. Uh, so, of course, we couldn't do anything. And then the following year, when we came back and tried to do a show, nobody was coming. And we had no money. And we were paying for a rental space that we couldn't afford. So sadly, we had to close the doors. But I've been contest managing since I, well, I was still teaching when I started contest managing. And then of course you can't judge until you retire. And so I, I started judging as well. And I love them both. Uh, when I was at Cedar Park High School, we had a couple of scary contest managers. <laughs> and, and being new at it, I was really afraid of breaking rules and, and getting disqualified for, for flowers on the stage or something like that. And after we had a couple of scary ones, then we had some really nice contest managers. And I was like, okay, you know, someday when I retire, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the one to help the students and the directors so that they're not panicky. And that's what I enjoy. I, I really enjoy working with the students. And when I've been invited back to the same schools and the same contests, then I get to know the teachers and I can help them even more. So I've, I, uh, you know, my time at Cedar Park High School was fabulous. I did over 120 productions. We always did a black box musical and a main stage big musical and then one act and then class productions, selected shorts. Uh, I had, I started a musical theater class and we would go to the elementary schools and perform. And then we'd have a Broadway showcase at our school in the black box. I love my black box. I loved performing in there. Um, I liked directing in there. It was fun. We did little sharp horrors in there and we had, uh, my tape director at the time, she built a, what do you call the, a brownstone. And the orchestra sat inside the brownstone and, and 
oh, it was just really clever. The set was just fabulous. And it rotated, and we had a saxophone player playing under the street light. And just, it was, I loved the creativity of, of all the shows. Uh, one act with its quirks and musicals and, and regular plays in the black box that we did. Uh, just fun times, lots of fun shows. I had fabulous students. Uh, they were good people. They were kind people. And they were smart. And my teaching, I think, became more uh, the Socratic method with my students. And what I finally decided, and I heard another director say this, and I was like, that's the way I need to grow, is to be a guide on the side and not the sage on the stage. And I kind of made that my motto, and I... I went to TEX Theater Fest. I went to all of them and went to all types of workshops, not just acting. I wanted to learn about lighting. I wanted to learn about sound. I wanted to learn about uh, creating costumes and things like that and makeup. And so every opportunity that I had to learn, uh, I did. And I slept with that one act rule book by my bed. <laughs> until I knew it all, or I thought I did. So my high school experience teaching was fabulous. And now judging and contest managing, I just love it. And it keeps me involved and it gives me an opportunity to help others and mentor others. And uh, I'm invited back to several different districts fairly consistently and, and, I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunities I have been given uh, in my career. And I, I am just grateful that I got to do a job that I love. Yeah. Because so many people don't. Man. Oh, I yeah, also yeah, got yeah. to go to London. I got a scholarship uh, through the English speaking union. I, uh, I interviewed for a scholarship to go and study at the Globe for three weeks. And that changed everything in my high school teaching career as well. I loved it. When I came back, I was like, okay, we got to perform this stuff. And I hooked up with a local acting group of adults called the Barons Men. And they perform, they're kind of the home company at the Curtain Theater, which I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's on Lake Austin, and it is a uh, one-third the size of a globe-type theater of a replica. And so you have the, uh, the O around you, the, the stage. I, it was fabulous. Torches right there on the lake, and... We hooked up with them and they would let us come and rehearse after they finished rehearsing. And then eventually we were able to book our own dates there. And so for five years, I was able to take my advanced class out there and we would go one day in the early fall and explore. There was also a replica medieval town there. Uh, this was all built by the very famous gamer, Richard Garriott, who uh, made his fortune in the gaming world and also uh, made a name for himself. He went to space in a Russian spaceship. <laughs> At any rate, it was fabulous there. Uh, we had to do everything ourselves. You had to haul your trash. You had to clean the bathroom. You had to mop. You had to, you had to do everything. You had to be totally independent and self, you know, taking care of things yourself. And this was great for the kids to learn, too. And they loved it out there. I think this was my advanced class's favorite thing to do the whole year, even over one act. They love performing out there. So uh, we did that for four years. 
and we always had huge audiences and, you know, we had the groundlings, we had people up high. It was just, that was so much fun. And I learned a lot about how to direct on that type of stage. The kids learned how to act on that type of stage and it helped them. A lot of them who went into acting in college the fact that they had that experience. I I know one particular student emailed me and said, because we did Shakespeare like we did, I placed out and was able to be in a Shakespeare class, whereas they never let freshmen do that. So she was like, bravo, thank you for that. So, you know, getting those responses from your students, no matter what you taught them, is so rewarding as well. And I always told my parents every open house night, I am not here to make your child a a famous actor or a famous director or a famous anything in theater. I'm here to teach them life skills and a love and appreciation for theater. And I I think that allayed a lot of fears for a lot of parents. Uh, Because sometimes, you know, they don't want their kids going into theater. They think it's frivolous or what are they going to do with it? Well, there's a lot they're going to do with it. And that's what I would explain to them is that they are going to have life skills that will hold them in good stead for the rest of their lives. And that is my goal. And so I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, all I got out of that was that you played soccer at UT. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you I, glossed I, over I that played, real fast. I had to play every sport at UT. <laughs> you had to take all these sports for yeah. no credit. Yeah. So I had uh, as much English credit as I did uh, physical education, but no, tennis was the love of my life. <laughs> okay. I played tennis from the time I was about 12 years old until I was about 58, something like that. What do you think of pickleball? Well, I was going to learn how to play it. (laughs) Uh, And the friend of mine out here uh, blew out her knees and had to have knee replacement. So she was going to teach me how to do it. And I thought, yeah, I could do that. I could still do that. I got bad knees now, but I could do that. And uh, that would be fun. I like to play golf. I uh, have played golf since probably college. Yeah, since since college as well. My husband and I both played, but we we haven't in a long time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're big pickleball people down here. So, uh, you know, let me know if you ever need a lesson. But um, so the personal questions, because I I you know every time somebody talk talks about growing up in Austin and is around a certain uh, time period of graduating high school or college, I have to ask if they know my family because uh, my my grandparents uh, uh, lived on Balcones in 2222 for uh, like forever. Um, And so when you said Balcones, now I know Balcones is not, you know, the street is not always like what you described as far as the, uh, the land area, it's not all the same, but, um, I, I have to throw it out there to see if you knew John, you probably didn't John and, uh, uh, Ruth minor, but they were, you know, old Jews, very active in the Austin community. But my grandfather, John was very active also with like the, the local government and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, oh wow! But anyway, no, so. I didn't. I, yeah. I I didn't know them. Uh, did they? Uh, you are not their age, by the way. So, oh, <laughs> just so okay. That, that, but but <laughs> your your I don't want to age you, but you're younger. You're a little younger than my uh, father. Uh, but he. A carry minor, but anyway, that so that's that's just I got to throw that out there and ask and and uh, you know you never know who who knows who in in the Austin area so. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a small community and it's no it longer. Was. But yeah, yeah. And after that first scary year as a, as a, so, as a sophomore in high school, as, uh, I, I met so many people yeah. through drill team and sports and, uh, 
you know, uh, Ben Crenshaw was an up and coming golfer at that yeah. time. He was in high school and uh, we would watch him play. And uh, Don Baylor yeah. uh, was a senior there at Austin High when I was uh, a sophomore. And uh, so, you know, I got to know a lot of those people yeah. around there and then being right there at the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned a lot about being a coach and stuff. Um, you know, as, as a male teacher, no matter what you teach, you're typically called coach, right? Uh, so yes. like I was, I was always called coach, even though I was just uh, a theater teacher, I was always called coach. And my, my go-to response was that I'm a life coach, right? So, uh, but I'm not an athletic coach. So when you were coaching, and also teaching theater, were you, I'm assuming you were coaching your theater students as well, uh, at least a handful of them. Yes. Um, so would they call you coach or would they, I mean, what, what yes. would they call you? Okay. Yes. That's funny. They did call me coach. And you know what? Uh, there's a lot of transference from sports, team sports. Right. Well, even individual sports. Right. To theater. Right. Uh, and, and that team component really holds true for both. And uh, we were always a team in theater and in the teams that I coached. Right. Do you think that, that your, your background with athletics and the team element and all that kind of stuff helped you? I know the answer to this. It's kind of a dumb question, but uh, <laughs> I want you to elaborate on it. But do you, how, how did it help you? Uh, with like the UIL side of things, the even the musical side of things, the just creating that a stronger ensemble. I'm assuming because you knew what the 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 team element was supposed to kind of look like. Yes, that's the answer. <laughs> uh, to elaborate, I would say. That, I mean, I mean, how did how did you how would you th how do you think you went about it a little different than maybe a more traditional background of a theater teacher, if that makes sense. I, I think you, okay. So in sports, you know, you're looking for your strengths, uh, in a team, you're looking for your leaders. You're looking right. for who's available, uh, who's going to show up, who's going to be on time, who's right. going to give more than you ask for. And I guess I would look at students auditioning in those ways as well, not just for the best for the role always, right. but who's going to show up? Who's, who's going to be a team player? Uh, who's going to meet deadlines? And, uh, I don't know if, if, if that's a sports thing or yeah. a theater thing or kind of a combination of both. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, maybe it makes you a little more, uh, I don't this is going to sound negative, but a little more hard edged when it comes to certain things, as far as, uh, that time, com that time component and everything like that. And, um, the commitment. Yes. Element Deadlines like were important to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I did rubrics. Uh, for primarily uh, uh, online grades, you know, I, I always did a rubric. Uh, you never know when you're going to be called in to prove anything, something to a parent. So I was always very uh, aware of that sort of, of element in my teaching career. Uh, so when a student would come in to audition, they had to fill out forms, of course, and let me know what are your other obligations? What what days would you not be able to show up for rehearsals? Here's our rehearsal schedule. And I always had it for the whole year already laid out. And uh, they had to agree, you know, right. that they weren't going to put all these other things first, well, they would agree. And then, you know, what happens? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but really Ms. Blake, we need to do this. And I have to go to choir and it's really, really special. And, yeah. you know, I became flexible. Right. Do you, I, 
do you consider yourself? So I'll, I'll preface this with talking about myself for a half a second, but you know, I'm not a very, uh, right brain person. Like I'm, I can be creative if I need to be, but like, if you ever look at my scenery, it's very, uh, there's no harsh angles. It's all 90 degree, you know, it's very simple stuff, but it's, it's still relatively creative. It's just not as outlandish as maybe others that are a little more right brain. Do you consider yourself, you know, as someone that has uh, uh, an athletic background, but I don't want to just pigeonhole you into that. Um, do you consider yourself more right brain creative or left brain? Like I need, I need it to be more managed and mathematical. More right brain. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Definitely more right brain, even though I have that athletic uh, uh, mindset in some ways, I'd say maybe I lean a little towards left brain, but I am definitely right brain. Okay. And, uh, and that's the exciting part of getting to teach theater is you get to push yourself in that direction as well which is what I, I loved. I loved having my hands in every aspect of the production. I designed most of our sets and then the tech directors would build them. I've worked on sets. Uh, I would pick all the music. Right. Uh, I would cut the music for any of the shows. I loved doing the lighting in the black box. I <laughs> was, I'm not good enough to do all these these fancy stuff now and the, the stuff, but I, I just, I love doing the lighting for the shows in the black box. Right. And we had PNG, I mean, PNG, it was called Penguin National Guard was our improv troupe and they performed, Oh, once a month okay. at night. And, uh, and I'd always do their shows too. Yeah. I mean, you, I could probably sit here and ask you questions all about building a house uh, the entire time, but that would bore people maybe. Uh, uh, but I, I do, I mean, it's intimidating to know man or woman, it doesn't matter who you or I mean, whatever, otter, bear, whatever it, it to say that you built a house with you, with your hands, uh, you know, for you to just kind of just now say you built your own sets. It's like, yeah, no, duh. Um, you know, what I've got to know what type of patience you must have to be able to, to build your own house and then how that translates to, uh, being able to just kind of, I'm assuming it means that you know how to sort of get, uh, relaxed and, uh, um, um, what's the word I'm like, deescalate your, your own self when you're in a stressful situation, I mean, is that kind of true or is that, uh, I just feel like they kind of go hand in hand. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I, it, yes. Uh, I have always been, if presented with an intense situation or, uh, somebody quit, uh, I had a, a tech director leave at Christmas and we were doing the pirates of Penzance and I had no set and the show was in January and all my parents and my husband came together and we built that set. And it was, uh, Paul designed it for me. I made a, I said, I know what I want, Paul, but I don't know how to draw it. And he said, we'll do paper dolls, do a collage for me. And I was like, okay, if that's okay, I can do that. So I made a collage of what I wanted for every scene and he did all of the scale drawings. I mean, it was wonderful. And then my parents uh, took it from there and we were all up there, kids, parents. And what I love was on, on tech work days was I had parents teaching students how to do things, you know, even though we had tech classes, well, I had a lot of actors who had to put in hours too and um, learning how to use saws and drills and uh, measure levels, use a level, you know, things like that, that they were learning and they loved it. 
the actors loved it just as much as they loved the acting. And, um, and so it, it was, I got off on a tangent. There. Well, no, no, I, it was, it, it was in response to my kind of, <laughs> kind of weird way of asking a question. So you also mentioned, uh, that you love doing shows in the black box. And I a hundred percent agree with you. It's like kind of my favorite place to do shows too, because for some reason I feel like you can be more creative, even though you have less room to work with, but maybe yes. that's, maybe that's why, but what is it for you? What is it about a black box without answering the intimacy? Cause that's everybody's answer. Right. Uh, <laughs> what, right. what is, what is it about a black box that you really enjoy? The control. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, also, you're not fighting over the stage with another group of people in the, yes. in the school, that too, yeah. That yeah. was probably having to try to get the space on the main stage yeah. was the most stressful part of my job. Yep. I understand that. Uh, otherwise, because we we were a pack, so uh, there was the North Pack and the South Pack, and so all the schools booked all of their band events because nobody had a space big enough for band and they had to use the pack and choir and dance. Yep. And, and so in my first few years at Cedar Park high school, we didn't have the pack. We had the cafetorium stage and there was a big wall that you would close. And we were on one side of the wall for rehearsals and wrestling was on the <laughs> other side of the wall for their practices. All this. Ho, 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 yeah. ho. <laughs> That's funny. And, and then there, they had little boys wrestling clubs that would meet there too. And I can remember getting in the cherry picker and getting their headgear out of the lights way up high in the cafeteria that they'd be acting silly and throwing them up in there. But uh, that was an experience trying to rehearse. And, and I learned how to focus and not let anything uh, bother me. Right. You had to, or you would, my tech director just would go crazy. She, she just, I don't know how you can stand it. <laughs> so, uh, but, but you had to, you had to adapt. You had to be flexible and adapt to those situations. I was just lucky I had a stage at all because right. I know a lot of people don't. Right. They're practicing in hallways and uh, ag, gym, uh, ag buildings and places like that. So I felt very fortunate. And then when we had the pack, wow. You know, so, but the black box, yes, like you said, the intimacy, I liked the control. I liked that we could build the set and, and, not have to move things around. I adapted my classes to working around, you know, whatever they were, or, or their shows would uh, work on whatever set I was doing. Right. You know, we would do sometimes do rep, uh, repertory, like uh, wait until dark. And uh, what show did we do that with that? We did wait until dark, the boys next door and my three angels in rep and use the same set with a few changes. So, uh, you know, that, I just, I liked it. It was my space. It was right. our space. And the kids were very proud of it. In fact, we had trophy cases in our hallway right outside the door of the black box. And that's where they wanted to put all the trophies right. was there and all the memorabilia that we would collect. And the thespian, I, I, I did have thespians and we went to the thespian convention every year and they loved that. Uh, they loved going to the elementary schools and performing. We would do readers theater every year and I'd choose a different class to go and get to do it so that everybody before they graduated, if they stayed with me for four years, they would get to do one of these things at least. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so do you, I've, I've got to ask this cause it, you know, I've been contest managing for a little bit myself now, and I think our our mutual uh, connection here is Philip Taylor because he swears by you. He he absolutely adores you. But um, as I do him, yeah, I don't know why he's he's weird. But, uh, <laughs> he's <laughs> I'm kidding. Fun. No, he's great. He's fun. <laughs> but uh, uh, this year was my first time I ever had to. I think I've been doing it now 
five five years. I think this was my fifth year. Um, but I had to tell a director that what they had put on stage, a, a scenic piece, a large scenic piece, was against the rules. And I double-checked with Paula and all that kind of stuff. But it hurt my heart to have to go up to these two directors and say, hey, that's not allowed. And for them to, you know, it, it becomes, it's a very stressful situation for all parties involved. Yes. And, you know, it's not my fault, but it is, it is looked as though like I'm the one delivering the bad news yeah. and therefore I did something wrong, even though I didn't. But um, do you remember, and you don't need to name names or, or even the, the play or anything, but do you kind of remember your first time t- that you had to say or deliver bad news to a director or or a show or anything like that or one that stands out to you at least oh one that stands out to me was and again you don't have to name name names or anything but yeah yeah (laughs) uh one that stands out to me is uh it was well there was a director a high school director who always loved push the envelope and uh, would have all this stuff on stage. And I'd say, you know, that's not within the size limits, you know, this is what, and finally one year I said, why do you always have all this stuff that, you know, I'm going to tell you you can't use it. The reply was, well, because I know you'll tell me, so I'm just going to put whatever I want on stage, and then you'll sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> um, I've had I've I've had uh, some experiences that were difficult, and had to call Paula yeah. and uh, beg a little, you know, and say, well, they really need to use this with wheels. Right. It was middle school. Okay. And. They didn't know any better, even though, you know, they didn't put it in their description online that it had wheels. And it's very critical to their play that they get to roll it. And I said, can I tell them that if they advance, they have to change? And she allowed me to do that. Right. And 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 that's what I love about her is, is, is she's somewhat flexible and you know, you're helping them grow. And so many of the middle school teachers just feel overwhelmed by one act. Right. And um, a lot of directors, uh, I would say the biggest issue I have is them meeting deadlines that I give them. Right. Understood. The 10-day deadline. Yeah, yeah. And I remind and I remind and I remind and I send out reminders for all the deadlines that I give them. And um, still some people just can't seem to get it done. And they don't seem to understand that I can't finish my job. Right. Until, you know, and if, and if I'm doing their program, which I don't do it very often anymore, but I do do it for Philip Taylor right. schools. <laughs> uh, then I need that information because then I've got to get it to somebody who's going to print it out and they have a deadline. And, you know, uh, I think teachers just don't always realize that. And certainly being on this side of the one act uh, has opened my eyes to a lot of things as well. I, I love helping them. Uh, I give them my home number. I tell them they can call me anytime they can email me anytime. They can text me anytime. Yeah. And it's a fun job, too, because I can do it whenever I want to. I can do all the paperwork because I'm retired. I can do it at my leisure. And I, so I try to keep everything, you know, organized and reminders done right. so that uh to make their lot, their opportunities and their experience as painless as possible. And I feel like I do a good job with that. Yeah. And I enjoy that. I enjoy, I enjoy judging too and, and giving critiques because there again, you're helping 
people learn and you're giving them suggestions, you're giving them ideas. And as a contest manager, like you said, when you had to tell them that, well, then y'all have to kind of problem solve together. What are we going to do? And everybody working together can come up with something, with an idea to help things or make things change. I mean, we've gone and gotten tools out of the shop before and sawed down something to make it fit. Uh, Or they'll take it off to their dressing room. Uh, But, but it usually they're very grateful for the help. And I like, like it's changed so much over the years. You're not there to get them. Right. Exactly. You're there to help them and to help them solve any problems and to allay any of their fears with respect to uh, what they need to do. Right. And when they need to do it and how to be with their kids. Cause you want them to not, you know, freak out in front of the kids over anything. Yep. So I always do try to take them off to the side and say, you know, I noticed, or you don't have your paperwork here. What, <laughs> you know, uh, I need it by tomorrow. <laughs> uh, things like that. So contest managing, I've learned a lot about the process and I have tried to synthesize it and, and get it down to its core. And every year I make changes in how I approach things with uh, the directors. And I think I'm getting better as I keep going. <laughs> yeah. That's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. So yeah. I've got, I've got two more things for you and then I'm going to get you out of here. But uh, before we, before I hit record, uh, you mentioned that you love plants. So, uh, I'm going to ask yes. you a fun question and then I'm going to ask you, uh, the, more, more of my traditional wrap up question, but what is your favorite plant and why? What type of plant? I don't mean like what specific, <laughs> like, Oh, you know, uh, flowers, just flower. Okay. Flowers. <laughs> Sounds like my wife. <laughs> I, I, I love where we lived in the country. You couldn't have a yard, right? I couldn't have plants and things like that because the deer would eat them all. They'd even come up on the deck right. and eat some of my pot plants that I had up there. And uh, so my po- I have pots all over and not pot plants, yeah, but right. I know pots you. with plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> All over my patio. My, my backyard is my Garden of Eden. And I have tomato plants. Uh, I I love growing tomato. I always loved having a vegetable garden. So I have a small tomato bed. And then I transferred a lot of wild flower seeds from where we lived because I wanted to bring a lot of that with me. And so I have a lot of flower beds with wildflowers and then tame flowers and uh, a mountain laurel and I just, anything having to do with plants. In fact, I get out there every day, every morning I'm watering and uh, deadheading and just, and every year I try new plants. So the Prince of Nile (laughs) is a beautiful plant. So I'd have to say it, it is probably one of my favorites. All right. That's fair. (laughs) So uh, the last question I'm going to ask you, uh, you mentioned at the very, very beginning uh, your, your kind of entrance to education that you had this class, that class, and this, you know, all these different preps, right? A uh, ton of different yes. preps. So now, uh, now that you are done and, and finished with, with that side, with the classroom, I, I like to tell people I'm not out of education. I'm out of the classroom. It's, they're two different things, right? Well, I uh, like the way you said that. Yeah. Yes. So, like uh, so now, that. now that you're out of the classroom, Um, what is something that you would love to tell first year, Jerry, uh, you know, some advice that you would tell yourself from your first year of teaching, uh, or or now to, to the first year teacher to kind of calm you down and get you through, uh, the first year or two of doing all these different types of classes, uh, including boys PE, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but what is some advice that, that, that the experienced Jerry would love to tell new teacher, rookie Jerry? 
Greet your students at the door. Okay. Be in the hallway. Have a smile on your face because you can change their day. Enjoy your students. Find something to love about even the most difficult student. Um, and listen to them. Um, and I, I, I think that will help you enjoy that first year instead of being overwhelmed by everything. If you focus on enjoying the relationship that you have with your colleagues and your admin and your students and your parents, that um, that will help you a lot through the first year. And if you have those relationships, a lot is forgiven. So you make mistakes or you don't know how to do something, but a lot is forgiven if you develop those relationships. And that's kind of how I feel like too, as a contest manager and, and judging and being a clinician. So yeah, that's what I tell them. <laughs>